I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 292 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor, and we are still inching one step closer to the final episode of the Mars Attacks podcast, which will take place at episode 300. Uh, This episode was recorded on August 12th. This is... Not exactly the first hour, because this episode is going to be roughly 40-some-odd minutes long. And it will feature Jeremy Weltman and myself discussing new releases, his patron's pick, new tracks by Tesla, Megadeth, Sodom, and there may be one that's slipping my mind here. And this is basically setting everything up to the second hour, which will be episode 293, where we will be discussing our favorites of 2022 so far. And during that episode, Brad Dahl and Ed Ferguson actually joins us as well. And if you want to be part of this episode or the first hour of the show, every week I'm welcoming my patrons to come on board and just discuss whatever they have on their minds and just different topics like this, new tracks that are coming out, new releases, or... You know, we kind of spitball and throw different topics out there and just discuss them for that first hour of the show. It's always a lot of fun before hopping on over to doing an interview for the second hour or another theme, which, like I mentioned, was our favorites of 2022 so far. I do want to send a shout out to my patrons And anyone else that supports me out there, if you want to become a patron, you can do so for as little as $2 a month. And I do have my Victor M. Ruiz podcast up there on Patreon. Uh, I also upload a ton of uh, video content from new bands, bands that you love that maybe you lost sight of. I post questions. We do this, what have you been listening to lately or watching or what are you into <laughs> for this week? I should just say say what I mean, mean what I say anyway. And it's always a fun discussion. Troll-free environment. Go to patreon.com forward slash Mars Attacks podcast to find out more. Welcome, everyone, to the August 12th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. Joining me tonight is Mr. Jeremy Weltman. Uh, In the chat, we've already got Jose, all guns blazing. Jose, how are you? Hope you and the family are well. Jeremy, how are you? Yeah, really good, Victor, really good. It's very very hot here in the UK, but I think it's quite hot there in Spain as well. So, (laughs) snap. It, It is it is hot everywhere, I think, you know? Yeah. So um, we're going to have a, a discussion here on 
the well, our favorite albums that have come out in the first half of 2022 in a moment. Um, I didn't rank them. Did you rank them? No, I've not ranked them. Um, I can add some of them that are going to be better than others, but no, I haven't yeah. done the ones as well. Yeah, yeah, s- similar deal. So, uh, as far as new releases are concerned today, uh, the new Arch Enemy was finally released today, Deceivers. Um, I know that a bunch of us were hoping that there would be more clean singing on the album, and that hasn't been the case. Um, but, you know, what do we know? <laughs> Arch Enemy have their formula down. Uh, they're popular as a result. They've been, you know, as I mentioned in my write-up, their logo is always one of those big logos on the festival bills. They're always, you know, top top 25% on the bill easily. So, you know, it works. So I get it. Um, check the album out if you're remotely a fan of theirs, because I'm sure you'll enjoy it one way or the other. Uh, other albums that dropped today, new album by The Halo Effect, which for those that don't know, is all of the former members of Ice Earth. Earth yeah. Uh, In Flames, excuse me, a different band with an eye. In Flames with the singer of Dark Tranquility. And uh, we keep joking that with uh, In Flames' latest songs that the halo effect has been uh, uh, them actually writing heavy music again. But anyway, uh, new albums by Collective Soul, A to Z, which is a band with um, uh, Mark Zonder of Fate's Warning fame. And the singer is Ray Adler of... Um, a fate's warning. If I'm not mistaken, I may be screwing that up. I apologize. Let's see. Norma Jean, Boris, uh, Hollywood Undead, Generation Radio, Erroneous, Moths, band out of uh, Puerto Rico, actually. Uh, progressive metal band out of Puerto Rico. Uh, Hydra, Relentless Spirits, Sunstorms, their second album with um, Ronnie Romero after giving a Jolyn Turner, the boot, um, Nordic Union, uh, Unprocessed, Killfeather, Seventh Storm, and Saratma. EPs from Shiva and A Virtue, reissues by Bitter End, If These Trees Could Talk, live albums from Dream Theater Creator, live at Bloodstock 2021. So you may actually hear Jeremy in the crowd during that one. Did you get to see a creator at Bloodstock? I did not. No, no, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> Just scratch that. You will not be hearing Jeremy in, in there. Um, Valden Plas and a compilation by Jackal. Uh, anything that kind of jumps out at you right off the bat? Out of yeah, let's do, yeah, let's do a couple of those, actually. I mean, I listened to the Arch Enemy album, which you reviewed today, and um, I kind of agreed with what you wrote about it. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of growly vocal where we, we hoped there wouldn't be. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's a shame, really, because, you know, they're, they're a good band, but they really need to sort of make use of, you know, Lisa's good voice and, and you know, yeah. just clean up the vocals, and it would be fantastic, and we, we'd be all thrilled to hear it. Um, I listened to the Sunstorm album, Brothers in Arms, um, it's the second album with Ronnie now, and um, to be honest, I was quite disappointed. Um, I got through, you know, the first section of the album. I thought was very bland. Um, it wasn't very interesting. 
But as you got to, towards the end of the album, I thought they really let loose a little bit. I mean, there's a there's a song called Lost in the Shadows of Love, which was really good. Uh, another song called Miracle, and then Living Out of Fear, which was it. I mean, they were the last two songs on the album, and they, you know, mm-hmm. they, they sort of you know let go a little bit and, and played some you know some decent songs. So I, I kind of liked that, but overall, I wasn't too impressed. But I was quite more impressed with the Audit Union album, Animalistic. Um, it's their third album, isn't it? And and you know Ronnie Atkins and Eric Mortensen. You know it's it's decent playing. Um, it's very listenable, and it was a lot more. It was slightly heavier than the Sunstorm stuff. So you know they, they were quite good. Awesome. Um, as far as uh, see, the, here's something we didn't discuss. Um, is there any patrons pick that you'd like to discuss? Yeah, um, it's actually something that's on Ripple Music. Um, there's a new album out in by a band called Freedom Hall, uh, and it's called Take All You Can. Uh, so okay. it's not out yet, but if it released a really good track, which I really in, enjoyed uh, over the last few days, it, it's called Seize the Day. Uh, and as you know, I'm a big fan of Ripple Music stuff. Um, you know, they release a lot of different stuff. It's sort of mostly sort of um, uh, stoner stuff or, you know, doom. Um, this, this was a little bit more sort of psych rock. Um, they're from Virginia Beach, quite sort of heavy rockers, but with that sort of psych sound as well. Um, they released another track called Age of the Idiot as well, which is you know available at the same time. So I, you know, I'd recommend recommend listening to that. I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the album. Okay, actually, they used to be on a friend of mine's label, and when I say friend, okay. it's somebody that I went to high school with. They were, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, they were on a label called uh, Meteor City years back, and uh, they were one of the bands signed to their label. And this is going back um, 10 years ago, probably, because it was right at like the beginning of me podcasting. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, so cool. Yeah, I saw that Ripple was going to be releasing that. I almost made that comment, and I was like, oh, I don't know if you know, they ended up well or not on that label. And I'm like, you never know whose toes you may step on. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, not that important. <laughs> so, um, I'd also like to mention something from last week as well, because it's, okay. it's a week old now. But uh, I listened to the new Heat album. Okay. Um, and I was, I was a little bit sort of reluctant because Heat 2, as you know, I've said in the past, I've looked love that album. I think it's yeah. a fantastic album, and I still do. Um, this new album was actually slightly better than I was expecting. I mean, it's called Force Majeure, um, and as you know, it's without Eric Grunval, or however you pronounce it. We need we need right. to know the Swedish pronunciation of this, because I can't get it. But anyway, um, Kenny Lacremo Le- Le- is back, and um, I thought it was good. But, you know, I listened to it a couple of times while I was working today, and I, I- I kind of enjoyed it, and I, I think he's to that sort of band where they, they don't, you know, they don't produce anything really terrible. But, but it's a question of how far they're going to go up, you know, and, and produce something. And uh, you know, it's not as good as Heat Two, but it's very well worth a listen. Gotcha. Okay, uh, Jeremy. Just real quickly on a side note here: are you using your phone or your tablet? My phone. 
Okay, because it's it's uh, really crackly today. I don't know why. All right. Okay. I noticed um, when you played the uh, the intro, it was crackly at my end as well. <laughs> I could try and I could try and go out and come back in again if you wanted me to do that. Yeah, let's give it a shot real quick, and I can edit okay. this out. All right, cool. So while uh, Jeremy jumps in and out of the um, of the session here, um, for those that uh, don't know, we are creeping towards episode 300. If you're a patron, I've discussed this already. So maybe uh, if you want to get the behind the scenes, uh, could be a reason for you to 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 join us. Uh, on Patreon, but uh, episode 300 will be the last episode of the Mars Attacks podcast. Um, so, yeah, uh, I go into the reasons why on Patreon, and there will be, you know, um, next month is 13 years since I've started podcasting. So, uh, one will coincide with the other. We have Jeremy back. Uh, Jeremy, let's see. Okay, can you hear me? Perfect now, seems like. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So we're able to work that out fairly um, easily. Yeah. Uh, there's There's a few things that we've been going back and forth with these last few days, some new tracks as well. Hey, let's since we did new releases, let's um, let's talk about some of these new tracks real quickly here. So there was a, a Tesla track hmm. um, that was released, I guess, about a week ago, and I posted that up on Patreon. And what are your thoughts? on the Tesla track. Did you like it? Or were you expecting something different? Did you want shock part two? You know, what's, what's your interpretation? Look, the, the thing is I bought the last album and I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed it because it was a bit different and I, I wanted them to do something a bit different at that stage of their career. Obviously it was, it was definitely, but it was, you know, that's the sound. I think some put out good songs on that album, even though, Overall, I think they probably made a mistake overall, you know, in, in doing it. This new track, I think, is, you know, it's back to what they were doing in the early days. And I don't know if you've seen the cover. Um, they've probably done the cover to the album, which is on Spotify, so you can see the picture of it. And I, th I think it's got, a, it's got a train coming through. And at the front of the train, it's got 1986 on the front, which gives me the impression oh. that they are wanting to go back to their original you know, what they were doing right at the start and just playing rock and roll. And, and when I first listened to it, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really great track. You know, it was very, it sounded like Tesla. Uh, um, it sounded uh, like a rock and roll song. Um, it was exciting. And I'm looking forward to the album because if it's, if it's, if it's in that sort of vein, it's going to be, it's going to be a good album. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have any high hopes <laughs> for this track. And yeah. my reason being is that as big of a Tesla fan that I am, um, let me just pull up my Tesla playlist here so that I don't screw up the album order. 
Um, I think that their first three and a half albums are classic. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think Into the Now has a lot of good stuff on it as well. But after that, you know, um, outside of the track Breaking Free off of Forevermore. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't like Simplicity. I didn't like Shock. So I really wasn't, I really wasn't expecting much out of this. It's better than what I expected, but, you know, as Anthony Mackie pointed out, like they rhymed like a bunch of like words that they've used like a million times in the past, rock top. And I forget what the other one was. And I was like, well, running out of ideas, I guess. But, you know, hey, this is better than what I expected. So I'll take it. You know, um, I'm overall, you know, I'm pleased with it. And I'm looking forward to see what else they release. They said they're not going to release an album that they may just release okay. songs here and there. So, right. so we'll see if that changes. Maybe it'll be a few songs. They'll put those together and decide to put out a full album or who knows, you know, maybe it'll just be an EP in the end. Mm. But um, have, you heard, have you heard anything about it at all? Maybe. Uh, they're touring now because oh, there's yeah. uh, right. there, there's live clips out there. They they had they were playing this song live before they released the video or single. So um, if you really wanted to hear it beforehand, you could have. I just you know I I hadn't done that. Can I see them in the UK again? Because it's been a while really since they've been over. Yeah, I've only seen them once. And it was roughly 12 years ago. So, uh, so I'm assuming that, you know, they were in the UK at around that time because that's how festivals go. They play, you know, yeah. they do the rounds. They do a few in the UK. They do the ones here. They go, you know, to, to France to, you know, so on and so forth. So usually whoever plays download the next weekend, they're playing someplace in Spain. <laughs> yeah that was about the time when i saw them to be honest yeah yeah so uh it's possibly that they haven't been mm. back since um well, listen it's an it's an encouraging track and hopefully if they're doing that sort of stuff it'll be great yeah 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 absolutely um megadeth has released their third track off of their upcoming album um, what did you think of this track? Uh, let me pull up the name real quick here so that I don't screw it up. See, it is called Soldier On. The new album is called The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. That album comes out, it is next month, and I believe this comes out the same day as the Ozzy album, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. If it, if it doesn't come out, let me just look at the release dates real quick here. September 2nd. No, okay, so it's September 2nd is Megadeth, King's X, and Blind Guardian are releasing their new albums. Okay. The, the Ozzy album is the following week, and that week has Ozzy, Electric Cowboy, Flogging Molly, uh, Parkway Drive, Revocation, Fallujah, uh, Tala and uh, Alan Olsen comes out that day. So September 
it's going to be a huge month for, for new releases. And actually the week before that, Jesus, <laughs> August 26, Machine Head and Muse. <laughs> um, and next week we have Soil Work, Spirits Adrift, Thunder Mother, Five Finger Death Punch. So, yeah, so the next few weeks, uh, you know, we've been hearing for a long time how all of these um, uh, albums have been there, you know, waiting to be released. It seems like all the, the heavy hitters are starting to come out now. New Clutch and Behemoth on September 16th. Uh, the 23rd brings us a new album by Venom Inc. The 30th, The Daisies, Dropkick Murphys, Pixies, Tankard. October 7th, Queensryche, Lamb of God, Bush, Ginger Wildheart, and the Sinners. Um, October 14th, Skid Row, Alter Bridge, Orianthi. Uh, October 21st, uh, Avantasia. October 28th, Devin Townsend, Massive Wagons. And November, where we're hitting, you know, Holiday season, let's see, eccentrics. Yeah, it kind of at that point it drops off. But look, from now until the end of October, a lot of heavy hitters are releasing albums, a lot of stuff that we're looking forward to. So, yeah, for that lazy listener who says that nothing good has come out since 1989, there are plenty of reasons to listen to, to new music, and doesn't mean you have to pick it up, you can always stream it if you like it. Throw the band a bone and pick it up, you know? Yeah, um, so plenty there to uh to to want to listen to. But your thoughts on the Megadeth? Yeah, uh, uh to be honest, I've only briefly heard it and I tried to play it a second time just as we were coming on now. Um, I really liked it. Really liked it. And you know what? I'm I'm quite impressed by the three, I think we've heard three tracks now by off this new album. And you know, I'm looking forward to this album and I'm not a massive Megadeth fan as I've mentioned before I'm not that keen on Dave's vocal all the time he's mm. not, not my favourite and sometimes I've found in the past that they've been a bit too thrashy without having much direction but I'm finding these songs have got direction and they've got a purpose and they've got a you know they've got a bit of melody in there mm. um, so I, I I was quite favourable and uh, you know I'd like to hear it again and that's always a good sign yeah. if you you know you want to play it um, you know, on a, on a repeat. So yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of the album based on the, what I've heard so far. Yeah. So I like all three tracks as well. I think he was very smart in bringing Dirk from soil work into the band who Dirk is also a producer has co-written quite a few things in soil work as well has a death metal band outside of Megadeth as well. So I think Dave is a very smart person in the sense that he always surrounds himself with great musicians. Um, I don't know. Dystopia. I know a lot of people love that album, but there was like something missing in that album. To me, there was something that was missing to really live up to the hype. And to me, it seems like this album is maybe there. What I was waiting for, for dystopia so we'll see with the rest of the album mm-hmm. let's hope that it that these three aren't the best songs and then everything else sucks off of it um yeah so we'll see um new scorpions track called hammersmith 
which I'm assuming is referring to, you know, the the famous club in London more than anything, uh, the Hammersmith Odeon, Hammersmith Apollo, and whatever other Hammersmith names it's taken on over the years. Um, this apparently was a bonus track in the UK, and now they've released it to the rest of the world. Had you listened to this song before? No, but I would just point out something. I've got the Scorpions box set, and I've listened to all the vinyls on that box set, but I've not yet listened to all of the CDs for one thing or another. I've been lazy and not taken them out and listen to all the extras now i have with one or two albums and i've noticed there's a lot of demos on there and a lot of extras on these cds Mm -hmm. so i need to now go back tomorrow and see if it's on one of those because i don't know if it is or not um but as far as i can say now is that i've never heard it before yeah it's supposedly from the rock believer sessions right so it will be after the box set then and obviously won't be yeah okay so so no I've, I've never heard this it's not not with anything that i've got okay um after listening to it a little bit I, I listened to it earlier today it's one of these tracks where sometimes you find gold with demos and sometimes you listen to them and you say right there's a reason why this wasn't part of mm. the rest of the album because it's just not strong enough uh, I have a feeling we're going to talk about Rock Believer a little bit later on um, when it comes to talking about the best of 2022 so far. And I think that this song is really a notch below all the songs that ended up on Rock Believer. So yeah. Um, it's. Yeah, not- I agree with you. When I- yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, I absolutely agree with you on that. It's. It's fine. It's a scorpion. You can tell it's scorpions, and it, it's, it, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with it. But it's it's not in the so it's not higher echelon of what scorpions do, and so you can see why it's not it's not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So um, we agree on that. And then the last thing that came out that I mentioned to you is the new song by Sodom which is mm. called 1982, similar to what you said with Tesla. You know, they're throwing it right back there to, you know, their beginnings in the early 80s. And for me, this is, I mean, I think Johan summed it up when he talked about Sweden Rock in that, um, you know, they're kind of back to doing what they were known for. They're not reinventing the wheel at all with this, but it's, you know, I think what most people want to hear from the band so yeah um just yeah thrash I, yeah exactly uh, i totally agree with you it's um perfectly fine song um i've not heard it all yet and i need to give it a bit more time tomorrow um but yeah it was it was fine I, i'm never fully on board with the vocal for sodom but that said they're a decent band and there's songs there which i really like and and this you know falls into that category so it's perfectly fine yeah okay uh there was a hot topic this week and no we're not talking about uh uh tommy lee posting a a shot of his uh (laughs) of, of 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 his wiener online 
Uh, oh, by mistake. You know, it was only everywhere, but it was by mistake, you know. And, and, and it, then, it wasn't really a wiener. It was more a, a huge... Anyway, we won't go to that. Yeah, bratwurst. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> it's one, one of these things where they come out and bitch about the, the Pam and Tommy series that was released. Um, which was released on Hulu in the U.S. I saw it on uh, Disney Plus here in Spain. Um, they complained about that series, and you know, a day after they mentioned it was nominated for all these awards, sure enough, it was like Tommy saying, "Hey, man, I can prove that um, <laughs> that my bratwurst don't talk." So uh, you know, I don't know. It's just one of these head scratchers where you, you wonder. Where's his head at? Oh yeah, it's the, it's where his the picture was taken. Um, but uh, yeah, Andy McCoy of Hanoi Rock taking a lot of you know shots at at the crew these last few weeks. Uh, well, actually, it's probably from one interview, but Labermouth has kind of spread it out there. But talking about calling Nikki Six a second class citizen, um, saying that Vince Neil never apologized to him for killing Razzle. And a bunch of other things. Mm. Uh, I know that Metal Dan, one of our patrons, said that interesting interview, but that uh, you could tell that that Andy McCoy was a medicated mess. Is what he said. So, um, I don't know. Just part of the whole Motley Crew circus, all of it. Mm. You know, whether it's Tommy, whether it's Andy McCoy, it's all still part of the whole nuttiness that has surrounded this band. Since the inception. So. Um, the hot topic po- uh, news story that I wanted to bring up, something that you wanted to discuss, was there the Commonwealth Games was closing in in Birmingham. Did I say that? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you off. It's okay. You'll let me off. Um how how would you say it in a uh, in a in a bromy accent? In Birmingham, there it's you in go. Nice. All right, it's in Birmingham. That's where it is. <laughs> uh, so, um, the closing of the Commonwealth Games. The big to do is Ozzy saying he's back. A lot of people are saying they're skeptical that it was. Lip syncing. It was all playback. Um, what would you wager to say? Was he live, or as the old commercial was? I don't know if if they had this commercial in the UK, but uh, in the US there was a a commercial for Memorex cassettes, and it was a guy sitting in a sofa, and he would hit play on the on the tape deck. And then all of a sudden, you know, due to the sound, the the power of the music coming out would break a glass, would send uh, shards of glass everywhere, you know, and it would say, is it live or is it Memorex? <laughs> so was Ozzy live or was he Memorex? What, what is your opinion, Jeremy? OK, so I just need to give you a very small bit of background to this, because uh, uh, there was an interview with a guy who set this up. In Birmingham, on the radio here in the UK, on Monday, and the guy who set all 
that um, get Ozzy Osbourne for a long time, uh, and he didn't know whether it was going to he was going to pull it off or not because he was getting no 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 all the time, and then mm-hmm. and apparently uh, in the final week before the games were due to begin, I think, or, or as they were starting, he finally got a yes, presumably from Sharon, to say that they would come over and they they flew them over specially for the closing game. So none of us in the UK knew that this was going to happen because it, all the other bands were already uh, planned to play. Uh, nobody really knew that Tony was actually going to play at the closing ceremony because he already played at the start um, and he mm-hmm. played you know, another song and just played the guitar on it. And we all knew that that's what he was going to do. So this was a big surprise that it was going to happen. And so because of that, um, it was all very last minute. And as you know, no, uh, Geezer Butler wasn't flown over either. So, you know, mm-hmm. they got the band, they got a different band together. Tony was there. Um, I don't know if you also noticed, but behind Ozzy, there was like a, a sort of a stick and a, a sort of like a rest thing behind him with like a sort yeah. of a leather thing that was sort of in case he fell over, I guess, or he could lean against right. it, presumably as he was waiting to come on and also just in case he tottered. And I don't know also when you saw play through through it, there was a tiny totter. He, he kind of just looked yeah. down a little bit and as if he was going to, you know, he was not quite comfortable. Taking all that into account and also the fact that um, when he spoke, because he actually mentioned a few things he? during the um, during the song, he sort of said, you know, uh, uh, great to be back or whatever. His voice was very different to the voice on the, on the track. The track. Right track for me was quite an old track i think um when his voice was really good so my answer to you is there's absolutely 100 percent no way that he was singing that and when you look at it very very closely you can see a couple of moments where his voice doesn't quite catch up with the song um you know his his, his, his mouthing to it you know his, his miming to it the lip syncing uh and it's not not quite in time um and I've watched it three or four times, and I'm I'm pretty pretty convinced that it is a track uh, that he's singing over. And and I'm even not even quite certain whether Tony Iommi's playing either. But that's a separate issue. Um, maybe he's playing the solo over the top. But um, you know who knows. Yeah. Okay. So as someone once explained to me. Um, before they do any of these shows, they usually pre-record the live part of the show. Mm. So that way, if the sound cuts out, if there's wind, if their voice isn't great that day, they end up sounding great. They do this for the Super Bowl. They do it for, for any type of TV appearance because you've only got one shot to make it work. And I know there's people out there that have doubted you know, when I've said this, oh, no, no, you could tell, you know, between between this and between that, they're live. Yeah, no, bullshit. They're, they're pulling the volume up and down because they know in spots where they can talk and where they can't talk. And usually it's possible that this was recorded, you know, way before one of the last Black Sabbath tours. And they've been using this for years when they go out and play because the bass player was Adam Wakefield, who's usually the the keyboard player. Um, 
what you said about Tony. There was also, if you notice, the amp arrangement was really weird because they had three amps pointing one way, three amps pointing another. I get it. They were in the round, but there's no bass amps if, as far as I could tell. He had that mm. bass or the brace behind him that, uh, that looked like what Kiss would have when they would come down you know, from the ceiling. They have an apparatus like that behind them usually. So, yeah, kind of interesting. Um, I just think that it was pre-recorded just because that's the protocol for all mm. of these shows. You know, um, I know that people have started coming out say, oh, he's back. He's back. I told you, you know, um, I, I have I have to see him live. You know, Ozzy has notoriously re-recorded all of his live stuff. You know, just listen to Speak of the Devil, listen to Tribute, listen to Live at Budokan. You know, uh, Reunion is one of the only live albums that isn't touched up. And he even says it in the liner notes that, you know, he hated the rest of the band for forcing, for not allowing him to, you know, um, not re-record and forcing him to keep things as is. There's like two or three spots where his voice goes out of key. So what? You know, I think that's great. That's that's what makes rock and roll dangerous. Mm. You know, it isn't, mm. you know, it's funny. It, it isn't as if I said this to my wife the other day. There's a meme out there of somebody playing the uh Titanic theme with a with a recorder with uh with a wooden flute, and it just sounds horrible and out of tune. I'm like, it doesn't sound anywhere near as bad as that. Does he sound like he did in the 70s? Of course not. But you know, I don't know. Does this does this mean that your Aussie tickets are finally good? You know, does it mean that people are are finally going to be able to see Aussie live? You know, I would love to see him live um, with Priest opening up as they've been promising for years. You know, um, but I don't know. We we can hope for the best, but yeah. I'm not sure. I, I'm I'm not sure if if he'd be able to last a full tour. No, I mean, I think the answer to that is still no. I mean, at the end of the day, this was three and a half minutes of playing a, a song that he's very familiar with. He didn't move from the spot. I mean, you know, he couldn't move. Uh, he almost fell over once. I, You know, he didn't fall, but, you know, he, he looked as if he was unsteady. If you look at him in the face, he's, he doesn't look right. He looks, still looks unwell. Um, he was putting on a brave show and, you know, good luck, you know, he did it, but he probably did it because they were paying a fortune and they got him over and, you know, he wanted to show that he was still going. Uh, and Sharon knows that they've got tickets, you know, that the people are paying money for for next year. Um, but he's still got a long way to go to be able to stand there for 90 minutes and, you know, do, do all the hits and walk around the stage even, you know, it's, um, it's a lot to expect really. And go back to the thing about lip syncing. I mean, I, I just remembered actually the, at the beginning of the of the Commonwealth Games, I watched the opening ceremony, and everything was was recorded. I mean, they're yeah. all, all mining to everything. So um, it's no surprise that even at the end they were doing the same thing, really. Yeah. Um. Again, I've always said this. People don't understand how much money these artists can make at festivals. 
Um, I think it's more realistic that Ozzy play four or five festivals for an hour than actually doing a full-blown tour, you know, doing mm. doing download, doing a Vakin, doing, you know, a Hellfest, and maybe a date here and there, you know, doing like an Ozfest in New York, doing an Ozfest in, in L.A., and that being it, you know, I can't mm-hmm. see him going out, like you said, 90 minutes and doing a six-month tour, a three-month tour. You know, one thing is a show every two weeks. One show every two weeks during a four-month span. We're, we're, we're talking about six to eight shows in total. That's one thing. The other thing is actually going out and, you know, really forcing uh, his vocals and everything else. I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't see it. I would, I would love for that to take place, but I just don't, I, I just don't think it's realistic. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think it's realistic. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, um, why, why does Nazi play a little bit further down the bill? He could play second fiddle instead of playing a headliner. I mean, we're expecting him to come out and be a headliner and and do 90 minutes, do a proper show. I mean, he could play second on the bill to another bigger act. I mean, is he that big anymore? Yes, you know, he always was. But, you know, he could play below and just do, like you say, 50 minutes an hour. And that the pressure is off. You know, yeah. it's, it's easier to do, really. That's That's mm. a very interesting point, because until... Really, his rise of fame with TV, with, you know, the Osbournes, with the inception of of Ozfest, basically because they wouldn't take him on Lollapalooza. Um, Ozzy played a lot of shit as as not the headliner. You know, mm-hmm. you think back at like the Moscow Peace Festival. He was the first one on that day after Gorky Park. You know? Uh, Cinderella, Skid Row, uh, Bon Jovi, Motley Crue all played after him. Uh, the Us Festival, he was one of the first people to go on when Jakey Lee's debut. You know, it was like that for a very long time. I get it that he has this reputation. Now he's built something else up. But to your point, the last Oz Fest, I'm not mistaken, or at least one of the last Oz Fests, Metallica was the headliner and Ozzy was the second to last act. So there's yeah. no reason why they couldn't do Ozfest with a Metallica and having Ozzy doing that, you know, playing second fiddle or even third, you know, have, have, a, have a Metallica, mm. a, a Judas Priest and an Ozzy on the bill, you know? Mm. Yeah. So, well, um, I suppose we'll just have to wait and see. We've got a bit of time till next year, but time's running out. You know, we're already hitting September and he's supposed to be playing, I think, March next year. And, you know, at that time, we'll fly. And we don't know, you know, what it'll be like in the winter. So we'll see. Yeah, six months. Let's hope. Six months, if you think about it. Yeah. Because we're in September, three, three months to the end of the year, basically four months. And then March is three months in. So roughly six months. You know, he'll have to start, he'll have to start, uh, you know, rehearsing. And then there's the whole thing with that um, uh, Pantera thing with Zach. 
you know, is that a sig- signal that Zach is going to be spending more time out of Ozzy than in Ozzy? Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 